This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. Welcome back to five on three. I'm Chris Hennessy alongside only Mike Messina today. Five on two. Mike, how we doing? Not bad. Just getting ready for finals week, studying all weekend, you know? Yep. Now we got to talk some hockey, get the mind off of uh, off of the final exams. we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, the local teams and the coaching carousel continues to spin around. We have two more coaches fired since the last time we were here, which was just eight days ago, which is crazy to think about, bringing the season total up to five, which is wild to think about. And obviously, uh, for a lot of different reasons, we'll get into all of that. Pete DeBoer and Jim Montgomery out in the Western Conference, uh, both out. Uh, from their respective teams. But first, we're going to do the locals. Uh, let's start with the New York Islanders. Uh, Mike, nine of their last 12 games on the road. I think they've really weathered the storm well besides the California trip. They are finally coming back home on Saturday uh, to face off against the Buffalo Sabres. But first, they'll play the Panthers tonight. Uh, they've beaten the Panthers both times, both by one goal, one in a shootout, one in regulation uh, so far this year. This is the last game of that series, correct? For I the whole year? believe so, yes. this will be Because the they're in the Atlantic Division. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll be three games. This will be the last one. And it feels, I don't want to say it's a trap game because they did just crush Tampa Bay, and Buffalo's not really a team you look forward to, but it's the end of a grueling, grueling schedule here. I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders fell flat in this game, but, I mean, I obviously don't want them to, but the Panthers are a tough team who's been playing well recently, and this is going to be a tough game on the road. Yeah, absolutely. And the last couple games from the Islanders, like they they beat the Lightning 5-1, Lost to the Stars 3-1, which I was not expecting at all. Yeah, but, the Stars game was rough. Yeah, but I, I don't think this game's going to be a cakewalk for the Islanders at all. I know they've beaten them, like you said, the last two times they played them this year, but Panthers are getting hot right now, and I think it's going to be a tough challenge for the Islanders tonight. Yeah, the Panthers are a solid team, and they're obviously well-coached. And You look at this this game, you have Barry Trotz on one side and Joel Quenville on the other, mm-hmm. who are two of the most experienced and accomplished coaches in the entire league. And... You'll focus on the Islanders specifically. There have been questions about how good Semyon Varlamov is. He gives up four goals in games and they win, so his record looks a little bit better than maybe it does. There's a lot of questions about the team personnel-wise, but the coaching is never going to falter. So they have to add somebody to the roster to improve their personnel, to to just push them over the edge because – they're gonna win games that necess- that on paper they really should like they shouldn't beat the Lightning five to one, but they're gonna win these games because of their coaching and because of their goaltending, and I just feel like ev- with every passing game the need becomes more and more and more for a guy who can score. Which I I said it a billion zillion times last year. I probably will again this year. That uh, coming up to the trade deadline, it's gonna be really important for them. Absolutely, and you mentioned the coaching and the goaltending. Semyon Varlamov has played one of the biggest roles I've ever seen for a team for this year on the Islanders. He is playing fantastic. He's playing really well. 926 but save percentage, 441 saves on the year. That's very, it's very a, good. It's for a it's Semyon a lot Varlamov. of it's a lot of saves, but I, I there's an Islander fan inside of me that I don't hide. I I know I don't, and that Islander fan wants that goalie to be Robin Leonard. That that that's just that's just the reality of it. Yeah. So there's always there's always gonna be a little bit of a black mark on Semyon Varlamov, but it's true he's been fantastic. He's, he stepped up in every way he needed to. He is. I don't know if I would call him the backbone of the team. 
No, but, I think Grice is. I think Grice has just been better. Yeah, and yes. But the reality of Thomas Grice, and we've talked about this before, is he's not a 55-game goalie. Mm-hmm. He just isn't. So you need a guy who can, who can step up, play 37, 38, 39 games, and, and win you those games or else you're not going to get in the playoffs, especially with how the Islanders play, where they give up a lot of low opportun- of low percentage shots and don't score very often. So it's I, I really think he, ha- he has been great. I'm not denying that he has been, but uh, it's there have been some games that, that scare you. And there's been talk that this goaltender rotation is going to end, and... I don't see, I don't think that's the way to go at all. I think you got to keep alternating these guys because well, exactly right. So right now, I, Semyon Varlamov has played two more games than Thomas Grice, and their stats are kind of right there with each other. The yeah, they entire are. Season like, they are. Grice's are like a little bit better, but not much better. And they've literally alternated goalies every single game for the entire season. And there's no reason to switch. Keep I mean, that going. Yeah, there's no reason to. And I, I, we, I feel like we're beating a dead horse with this. You can't talk about the Islanders and not talk about the goaltending because this team is 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 built. Uh, it's ridiculous to say after the last ten years of Islanders goaltending. That's one of the biggest reasons why they're in the position they are. Right absolutely, now. this team is built on goaltending, which is Damn wild it. to say after this is a team who spent the first overall draft pick on Rick DiPietro like not that long ago. So, uh, it, it's an interesting thought that there are people who are like, look, maybe this will end. Maybe Grice will get the, the load of the starts. Well, that happens to Robin Leonard at the end of the season. He mm-hmm. wasn't the same. You look at the Carolina games, and there are pucks in that series where he, sh- he should have saved them, and I'm not saying that's the reason they lost. That is not the reason they lost to Carolina. There were a thousand reasons and they that they could have won all four of those games. Mm-hmm. But you can't rely on either one of these goaltenders to get you to where the Islanders want to be. No, you can't. I'm not giving them single handedly. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not single handedly giving them all the credit. I give most of the credit to Barry Trotz. Barry oh, Trotz the is, coaching, absolutely. Barry Trotz is putting the best lines out possible. The players want to play for him, so they're putting in the work, giving yep. everything they got on the ice. Barry Trotz is the reason, the main reason the Islanders are in this spot. I, I, and I love what he did recently. He calls up Ross Johnson, and Ross Johnson, for those who don't watch as much Islanders, is basically the 2019 version of the goon. I mean, he can, he can skate, he can play more than the traditional goon, but he he's he's a fighter and they they call him up and they don't put him with Sadikas and Clutterbuck, which is where he's played before. Oh no, no, no. They put him on Matt Barzal's line. He scores a goal against Tampa Bay, which was crazy. He walks down walks down the wing and sends one home right off the post. But he's been he's been fun to watch in that first winger spot, which is a which Wow, what a sentence I just said right there. Ross Johnson was fun to watch in that first winger spot, and it seems to keep going uh, as a little bit of protection for Matt Barzal because this top six isn't solidified. They're good. They're not great. And I think that this they're just cycling people in and out of it just to see what they can get, right? You started with Dal Cole in the beginning of the season. That doesn't work out. Now you have Ross Johnson. You tried Wallstrom up there. You're just trying people out from inside their system, and in the end it looks like that's going to end with trying to go get a guy in free uh, not free agency at the trade deadline, whether that's J.G. Paggio. Again, we've talked about Taylor Hall not really being a viable option just because he's in division. But that's, to me, where this is headed. And I, I know I talked a lot last year about the Islanders should go get Mark Stone or... Derek Broussard would have been a good fit for them last year, and he's he's somewhat faltered uh, in the last probably five six games. But uh, I talked about that a lot last year, and I'm going to do it again this year, just because that's a hole on this team that needs to be filled. You know, they're number one in goals against uh, in the NHL by seven, 
They have goal, given up 69 goals. The next team is Dallas, who's given up 76. Their goal differential is plus 17. They've only scored 86 goals. Uh, but they are one of very few teams in the league who have 20 wins. Uh, I believe they're one. Yeah, they're one of th- mm-hmm. four teams in the league who have 20 wins, and they've played the least amount of games in, in of those four teams uh, by a good margin. So they are a talented hockey team, no doubt, but there are certainly holes to fill. And every once in a while, those holes get exposed, but then every once in a while, they get a game like um, the other night in Tampa Bay where Brock Nelson has two goals, Ross Johnson scores, and they beat a, a real. A, you can look at the standings and mm-hmm. tell me they're not a good team. I'm going to tell you that on paper and on the ice. They are a good hockey team, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, uh, by a score of five to one on the road, so it same as last year. I feel like where it's just yeah, they're winning games, but there are still questions for me personally. Chris, you you mentioned um that they have holes that they need to fill, but what about the guys that they have? I know obviously you're a diehard Islanders fan. Let's talk about so Jordan Eberle obviously missed nine or ten games. Yep. Who do you think on the roster is going to need to step up or? I mean, look, you're looking to fill a top six spot. Yeah, really what you're so trying to do. Who's gonna need, like who's gonna need to step up and start actually producing, getting points, like shooting I, the puck more, maybe. I feel like Eberle's the easy answer just because he only has two goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this last week when you saw him against Pittsburgh. It was every time uh, those four games against Pittsburgh. Every time he touched the puck, it felt like it was going in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, Anders Lee is a guy. You know, he's two two years removed from a forty goal season. <clears throat> who hasn't been? Who's been good? Not great this year. He went a long time without scoring a goal. Um, was he injured? No, no, he just went like seven games without scoring a goal, um, which I mean it happens. But there, there are a lot of guys, a lot of wingers on this team who I feel like can really pick it up. But a guy who has picked it up and the people have been calling on him to do it for his entire career is the second center, Brock Nelson. And Matt Barzal is the best player on this team, but in terms of 200-foot center, uh, Brock Nelson's right there with him, and he's he's, put, he, he's second in points on the team with twenty three, right he, behind Matt Barzal. He is filling it up. This Eleven year, goals, man. twelve assists. He's playing very well for the position that he's in as well. Filling it up, and he, I think it's just a mentality. We talk about the defense with shots all the time, but a mentality that he's really instilled this team is just shoot the puck, mm-hmm. just fight, like just shoot it. Good, and good things happen if you get yes, the puck. Good on the things net. happen when the puck goes to the net. So lots of lots of good things going on with the Islanders. They are uh, in. Fourth place overall in the NHL, which is still crazy to see yeah. the New York Islanders logo that high in the high in the standings. But not something uh, you see, not something you see too much. No, not, and I'm enjoying it thoroughly. All right, let's move on to your New York Rangers. They are have won two of their last five games. You've seen some good things. You've seen some bad things. Uh, it's the story we've told a zillion times this year. Their goaltending is good. Their offense can be good, and their defense is putrid. Um, they lose to the Kings. They are going to play the first game against a DeBorless Sharks. Um, here tonight, this is a team who look. They can make a run for an eight spot if they win some games, but mm-hmm. they aren't winning as many games as they should. They lose a lot of games that they should win. Uh, you look at their schedule. They've obviously we, we talked at length about that game against Ottawa that they lost, uh, mainly because it made me happy. But they lose to the Kings, uh, by a score of three to one. That's a team you should beat. Now I know the Islanders lost to them too, but that's a team you should beat. And there are other games in here where they go to overtime or they go on the road to the Devils and lose 4 nothing, or they lose the, they lost Ottawa again. Like go, going back to that Bruins game, they're up 2 nothing in the first period. They end up going into overtime and losing that game. Right. They, they have to be able to control the puck in the second and third, and well, just in the later periods in general, and be able to keep the lead they have and just keep playing hard through it. And I feel like that's a struggle they've been having. And, and that's that's a difference between a playoff team and a non-playoff exactly. team. To me, in the end, they're going to fall short just because of that. They just aren't able to hold on to these leads. And... They have the talent, and their rebuild is going well. 
And if you take out, and now it's ridiculous to take out a whole month of the season, but if you take out that ridiculous losing streak they had at the beginning, playing really well, and they're a really good team. Now, now Jackson can sit here and yell about their coaching all the time, and I know he will, and the next time we have him on, I'm sure he'll do it again. I'm a Quinn guy. So. Yeah, I know you are. So um, Got to back my guy up. <laughs> um, but maybe that's where it falls. Maybe they're just I, – I personally think that their defense is just not talented enough to do it. But they are certainly on a track here, and they're certainly showing you things, especially with some of these good wins that they've had. You know, they've beaten teams. They beat Tampa Bay. Now, they lost them 9-3 to as well, but they beat them. They beat Washington. They beat the Carolina multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Montreal on the road. They came all the way back in that game. They show things that have promise. And honestly, I know in the moment as a Ranger fan, Mike and Jack and Jackson, they aren't here. Uh, it's frustrating to see them lose those games. But in the end, I think so far, this has been a pretty successful season, all things considered, for the Rangers. They're a very young team. And I I saw a tweet yesterday. I forget who it was by. It was asking if Rangers fans would rather make a wildcard spot and lose or not make the playoffs and keep that rebuild going and bring up the guys from... Right, but the AHL, and I think that's insane. I think if you have a chance to make the playoffs, that's the goal. No matter what sure. round you live in, uh, no matter what round you uh, go out, in. Lo- yeah, no matter what round you go out on, you will have those guys coming up next season, the seasons after. You have to fight for that playoff. Uh, spot, no sure, and what, I, no matter what round, honestly, or wild card I, you're in. I would think you can get away with both. I mean, there are guys, and Vitaly Krasov, we talked at length about him leaving for mm-hmm. Russia, is now coming back to the United States. Uh, there are guys in Hartford that can make your team better, and we've talked about le- at length about that. And I think you could honestly have both. If you break up those guys, maybe they're good, maybe they help you get into the playoffs. And honestly, if you don't make the playoffs, it's not the end of the world. You have a chance at a higher draft pick. So right now, I mean, we're sitting right before the Christmas break. We're doing a little bit of a review thing here because this is most likely our last episode uh, for about a month now. Right now, you have to, you're sitting pretty if you're the Rangers. Maybe there's a chance to make the playoffs. Maybe there's not. Not really sure yet. Because uh, the chips haven't fallen mm-hmm. exactly your way in a six, lot of games. Six in the Met as we speak right now. Right, and there's there's a lot of teams to jump, but not a lot of points. Maybe you make the playoffs, maybe you don't. But whatever way you see it, there are player, young players who are developing. There's Artemi Panarin getting used to a new uh, situation. There's Henrik Lundqvist. on fire as well. Uh, that's true as well. Uh, Lundqvist playing well. Georgiev upping his trade value potentially. Adam Fox playing well. Ryan Lindgren playing well. There, there are guys who are showing you things, and look, maybe maybe you're a little uh, sneaky eight seed there who can give the Caps a run. Personally, I don't see you giving the Caps a run, but as a sneaky eight seed, it's possible. I'm not going to rule it out. And right now they're at 33 points, yep. and the wild card is at 38 points. It's December 12th. That's more than doable. Um, will they do it? If you had me guess right now, I would say no, but it's certainly possible. Uh, another person who I think has kind of like not really been the backbone, not even not the backbone at all, but Brendan LeMahieu. He plays with so much intensity on the ice. He's always out there hitting people back, like sticking up for Lundqvist, sticking up for Georgiev. Yeah, he's, I mean that's the guy you need. I, he was a great get in that. He's only the, he's only twenty three. He only has 12, 12 points on the season, five points, seven assists. That but, was the Hayes deal, right? To Winnipeg. Yeah. And he, what what he brings to this team and what he brings on the ice when he's when he's on, is fantastic. He brings so much intensity. People love playing with him. They love being around him. Yeah, that that's a guy you need. That's 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 a 
stereotypical, and I use that word nicely in this situation, uh, bottom six forward in the NHL. That, mm-hmm. That's a guy that every team is looking for. To he he fills it up too. He'll stick up for anybody, no matter the size of them. Yeah, who they are, no matter who it is. He, he's dropping the gloves. He, he's been a great player. Play. I mean, he's certainly. I mean, you have to think he's a leader in that locker room as well. Um, uh, he's, he's been great this year. All right, let's move down to Jersey. Uh, we talked about them firing John Hines. Uh, not much great going on in New Jersey. Taylor Hall still leading the team in points, but uh, last in the Metropolitan. Last division. in the Metropolitan Division. Um, they only have 23 points on the season. That's, that's not a lot of points, Jack, that, uh, Mike. That's 10 less than the Rangers, and I thought the Rangers were kind of in the bottom standings. But no, they're not. The the Devils are not good right now. No, they, the last all. game they won was the Saturday after Thanksgiving against the Rangers for nothing. Um, what was the date of that game? That it was November 30th. November 30th. So today's the 12th. So 13 days. Um, this they're going to trade Taylor Hall. I think it's just a fact now. Um, it's not really a debate anymore. Which uh, they're going to get. They're going to get a Hall. A good re- they're going to get a good return for him. It depends on who he goes to, whether they see him as a rental or a long-term solution. There are a lot of teams out there who could get him. I think Colorado's a good tr- mm-hmm. a good fit. St. Louis is an interesting fit because, remember, they lost Tarasenko. they got to replace that scoring somehow if they want to get back into the playoffs, although they're first in the Central right now without him. Uh, I think the Islanders, obviously, we've talked about that. Montreal is interesting. There are a lot of teams where he could go be a really good fit on a rental deal or even on an eight-year deal. But to me, he's not a devil for much longer. I don't think so either. And looking at the stats right now, he has 25 points on the year. The next is Kyle Palmieri with 19. And then after that, it's significant drop from one to three, which is 16. He leads the team from like, so like he's number one, then number three, four, five, all have 16 points. If when Taylor Hall leaves, this team is going to plummet further than it already has. He is. It's not much. It's not. It's not. It, you can't plummet much more than they already have. Right. You can only be the Red Wings, pretty much. At this point. <laughs> yeah, but he is legitimately the entire Devils team right now. Pretty much. I mean, you look at it's not. It's not pretty right now, and they have talented players. Jack Hughes has twelve points. He's been sick too. Yeah, but yes, he has twelve points. That's not good. Um, it's a, it, they have on the on paper they have a talented roster. They really do. You're not going to tell me Jack Hughes isn't good at hockey. Nikita Gusev has played some mm-hmm. really good games. Nico Heischer just signed a big deal. Kyle Palmer is a good piece. Blake Coleman's a good piece. Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons is aging. Yeah, Pavel Zaka is a top five draft pick, so he better be good. Uh, PK Subban is PK Subban. Will Butcher won a Hobie Baker. Like there are talented hockey players on this team, but I really, I really think that the coaching was the. I really just think John Hines wasn't the guy for the job, and they finally fired him, but. Who knows about the interim coaches and, and how much it really changes. And you're not going to be able to get a new permanent coach until the end of the season unless you bring back Peter DeBoer, which would be kind of wild, or whatever it is you choose to do. I, I just think that this is a lost season for the Devils, which is unfortunate considering they were a fringe playoff team coming into the season with a lot of new, fun, fancy pieces that got fans excited, and now they just stink. Do you think John Hines will have a job at the start of next season? Considering how many coaches have been fired, and considering how many of those coaches will not get a job in the near future or ever, which we'll talk about later with Jim Montgomery, yes, I do. If it was just like him and Babcock who had been fired and none of the stuff came out on Babcock, I would say probably not. Maybe he'll be an assistant coach. Uh, I think we're in a special situation right now, and obviously we've talked about it last week. We'll get into it again this week. Um, where, yes, I do see, I think there's a possibility he's a head coach again. Now, remember, this is his only job he's ever had. Mm-hmm. 
He made the playoffs in his first year, and the team kind of fell off after that. He's like 50-something games under five hundred if you include overtime losses. So the resume isn't necessarily there, but it's more there than other candidates because you think um, Babcock, Peters, and Montgomery aren't going to get hired. They will never have another job. In well, it's possible NHL. they have another. Like Montgomery, I don't want to rule out. Yeah, it's possible that yeah. they're given a second chance way down the road. I would agree with you. It's most likely not going to happen. I don't think Peters and Babcock will ever be a coach again. Uh, Peters, I would say def- I would almost go definitely not. Babcock, it's possible, but I agree that it probably shouldn't happen. Montgomery, we have absolutely no idea, and we're going to get into it later. But yeah. um, I, I would say yes just because of this, these special circumstances. Circumstances. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I think he will. I don't know who he's. I don't know who will be looking for a new head coach. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's five teams. Well, already. yeah, like my, minus, minus those five teams who have fired their coaches. Other than them, I don't know who will be looking. But I think he will have a job. I absolutely do. He's he's shown that he can win games, big games as well. But he can also go into a huge slump. Sometimes he puts wrong people in the wrong lines. And right. Like, he he just needs to work out the players' chemistry better. Know who to put. Know what line to go start on the ice, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think we could be in a, a, some sort of record for how many coaches get fired. We've already had five, which is wild. Well, like Jeff Blaschel in three weeks, right? In like three weeks. Yeah. Jeff Blaschel's probably going to get fired in Detroit. It's possible Tortorella gets fired, although I don't see it. That team was not set up for success going into the season, but it's possible. Can't rule it out. Uh, I think that um, Jeremy Colleton is gone in Chicago. I think that he had it set out for him in the beginning. The guy replacing, replacing Joel Quenville is going to have a tough mm-hmm. job because that roster is not good. Um, Joel Quenville did so much for that team, though. So he did. Uh, replacing him was kind of like replacing Jeter when he Yeah, died. right, exactly. Yeah. Um, the Minnesota Wild got hot. I originally was going to say uh, Bruce Boudreaux, but they've been hot of late. Uh, they, they're back over 500, kind of pushing the playoff spot, so maybe not Bruce Boudreaux in Minnesota. But that's another three guys to the additional five and we we're going to talk about the guys who probably aren't going to get hired again. So yeah, I think that there's a, there's a good chance that John Hines uh, gets hired uh, this off season. Now going back going back to like the Devils roster, Mackenzie Blackwood has not been playing well at no, at I all. mean at he's, all. he's still young and it's a bad team. He he's 23, but he's eight and nine, um, save percentage of nine on two and 3.0 goals against. He needs. It's not be, terrible. It, it's not, but he needs to be playing better. He needs to be able to. Stop pucks so his team can actually have a chance to win, and he's just not doing that. Uh, this is a little bit hypocritical because I am an Islander fan. If your team can't score three goals a game and be competitive, and every like if your team can't mm-hmm. score three goals a game, you're not going to be competitive anyways. Yeah. So if your goals against is 3.0, 3.1, it's not great. It's not going to single handedly carry your team to the playoffs. It's, not, it's not. not Jordan Biddington, it's not Matt Murray, but it should be good enough to be competitive. It's not bad. It's not so bad where it's like he's the reason they're in the bottom of the standings. He hasn't been good. I'll agree with you. And they have given up 111 goals, mm-hmm. and they're a negative 37 goal differential. I understand all of that, but it's not single-handedly his fault. He's still 23 years old. He's still developing, and we'll see. All right. Uh, we talked about the coaches. Let's start with Pete DeBoer. That just came out yesterday. Uh, in four-plus seasons with the Sharks, how about this, Mike? Makes the playoffs all four years. Obviously goes to that Stanley Cup in 2016. And the only team to play more playoff games than the San Jose Sharks during his tenure was the Pittsburgh Penguins. Currently, San Jose is 15-16-2, 32 points. They are uh, they are five points out of a wild card spot, eight points out of first place in the Pacific Division. They're, they in, a, they're in sixth place in the Pacific right now as well. They have, a talent, they have a lot of teams to jump, but it's not a lot of points. They have a talented team who's been in the playoffs, obviously, the last four years, as I said. 
And I think their goaltending is their main question. We talked about that in the preview show. Uh, Martin Jones maybe being the question around the San Jose Sharks. Then I ended up picking them to win the Western Conference, and here we are. So, um, whatever. Um, to me, this one doesn't make too much sense. Now, San Jose has said like it's for hockey reasons, so we don't have to assume anything mm-hmm. um, otherwise, thankfully, uh, with this one. It's for hockey reasons. They also fire like his entire staff and have brought yep. in a new... Every- all the assistant coaches, Steve Spod, Dave Barr, and Johan Hedberg were all relieved as well. So I don't know who they're... They brought people in from... They brought people in. Yep. So, and Evgeny Nabokov is also one of their um, Him, yep. assistant coaches, which is interesting. Um, was it Rich Bonus? Oh, no, that was uh, Dallas who, who hired uh, Bonus. Anyways, they are a team who, with a spark here, could absolutely make a run. Absolutely make a run in this Western Conference. Absolutely, and I... I'm actually, like, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of Sharks, but they're one of my favorite, more favorite teams to watch. Yeah, they're a fun team to watch. Joe, Joe Pavelski. Well, he's not there anymore. Well, yeah, I know. Like, when he was there, especially in 2016 for their, yeah, only, yeah, yeah. for their only finals run, he brought so much spark to that team and energy, and I think they can kind of rekindle that energy going forward into the second half of the season with what they have now. Maybe, and it a lot of it's going to fall on um, Logan Couture because you look at, obviously, Pavelski's in Dallas now. Uh, Joe Thornton is over 40 years old. You're not mm-hmm. going to get too much offensive production out of him. Although he's great to have on the team, I'm not denying that. I don't even know how much longer he'll be playing for. Well, he's on a one-year. He's just keeps resigning one-year contracts, so uh, nobody really knows besides like maybe him. Yeah. Um, but man, it's tough because I think Couture is such a talented player, and if I really do think if they beat the Blues in the Western Conference, Couture is the favorite to be the Conn Smythe Trophy mm-hmm. winner. He had a fantastic playoff. But he can't just take the team by himself, and especially with a questionable goaltending, I I really do think that they can make a run. But I mean, how how far are you going to go in the playoffs with questionable goaltending, a brand new coach, and basically one elite forward? I mean, they have Evander Kane, Thomas Hurdle, and Eric Carlson all tied at twenty four points. Evander Kane has thirteen goals. Hurdle has ten goals. Evander Kane, but he's not a guy who's going to like Evander Kane's on a different level than Logan Couture. The, yeah, but they're, like, they're helping produce. It, it's really yeah, not they ju- are. It's not just Couture, I don't think. Evander no. Kane is helping in a tremendous amount, and I think that's going to continue, and he's going to be a big reason why they can make a playoff push. I hope so, man. I really do. Because Logan Couture can't do this all by himself. And <clears throat> maybe this coaching change is what they needed. I I don't really know. Bob Bob Boner is the interim coach. Uh, he got promoted to, to that position um, when they fired DeBoer. I see Ben uh, with... I'm not um, the Sharks' his whole career. Not totally sure. I'm gonna look that up. But um, DeBoer, excuse me, DeBoer, uh, they came home from a five uh, from a road trip on a five game losing streak, five points out of playoff contention. That was yesterday. Uh, tonight's game against the Rangers is the first game uh, since he's been fired. Again, as Mike mentioned, all of his assistants um, were also fired. So, and then Boner. Um, hired his own guys. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it ends up. Uh, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. This is kind of the end of the Sharks kind of run here. Mm-hmm. This is about as far as it's going to go because a lot of their guys are on the other side of 30, except for really Couture and Kane. And, you know, obviously Joe Thornton's in his 40s mm-hmm. now, but he's not the guy. You know, it's Eric Carlson, Brent Burns. Those guys are on the other side of 30 now. And this is maybe the last year that they can make a, a, a legitimate cup run in the Western Conference. They're obviously close last year, losing in six games to St. Louis in the Western Conference Final. Um, so 
we will see with the Sharks. It's going to be interesting to see how they kind of bounce back from this. Now, let's move from the Pacific Division to the Central Division. We mentioned it. The Dallas Stars have fired head coach Jim Montgomery. That came out on today's Thursday. That was on Tuesday. Um, it was not for uh, performance reasons. It was just in the wake of Gary Bettman announcing the new system in which players or employees of any NHL team can anonymously anonymously report anything that happens to the NHL and will be taken seriously. It happens about 24 hours after that's really uh, after that was announced. The reason for the firing was very broad in terms of it was just conduct that unprofessional conduct unprofessional conduct that is not you know. Uh, in line with the NHL and the Dallas Stars. Nothing specifically was said. Obviously, we knew the entire story of Bill Peters before he was fired. All the Mike Babcock stuff came after he was fired, but we know that entire story. This Jim Montgomery stuff, it's a little bit more difficult to talk about just because we don't know what to think, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm hesitant to say he won't get a job again. I can tell you that he is certainly out for the rest of the 2020 season. Absolutely. uh, Because whether this comes out or not, it's going to be a little bit of a quick turnaround. There's going to be probably an investigation, some, Mo- some sort like that. Most likely. So the mo- realistically, the most recently, the soonest he can get hired is after this season. Next season, yeah. Uh, so to me, we don't. Well, we don't know if uh, Dallas did the right thing by just taking the proactive step and not wrapping themselves up into this. Once they heard about it, they fired him. That's the right thing to mm-hmm. do. That's what we talked about in Carolina. Ron Francis not just firing Bill Peters after he heard all that stuff. Completely understood. It's just difficult to say because we don't know what happened. A direct quote from the Stars general manager, Jim Nail. It was determined that there was a material act of unprofessionalism contrarian to the values and standards held by the Dallas Stars organization. So it makes sense that they're not saying what it was. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Something... Something happened. Something serious (laughs) is going on. It will come out. It will come out. Not soon. I think they're going to... I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. I guess so. I, th- I truly think it's going to come out, and I'm not sure if it's going to be like and also a we, Babcock situation or we, anything like that. We know or we don't know. We're pretty sure because we know nothing. As again, we're pretty sure it happened in the last 18 months because this is his first NHL coaching job. So it's not like a Bill Peters thing where it happened 10 years ago in with the Roxford Icehogs. I guess it could have happened mm-hmm. in the AHL as well. But this is Jim Montgomery's first job. He was doing a fantastic job coaching the team. He was has them had them in the playoffs. Almost to the Western Conference Final last year. He has him in the playoff picture right now. And all of a sudden, he's out. So, we'll see how it affects the Stars. I don't... They The first game they played after the firing was against the Devils. They won 2-0. The last game they f- played before the firing, they beat the Islanders 3-1. Mm-hmm. So, clearly, it didn't affect their play too much right after it happened. But long-term, we'll see how it, how it affects them. Now... This is a team who has a lot of expectations coming into the season. They're picked highly in the Western Conference among a lot of people. Uh, ben Bishop's been having a great season. They're second in the NHL in goals allowed to Jamie the Islanders. Ben's playing fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of guys on this team who make them a realistic choice right now to to get to make a deep run in the Western Conference. And we just talked about it with the Sharks. This coaching change really could affect them. Absolutely, and players themselves are actually backing up. This is interesting, yeah. And, like, directly quoting, like, here's a quote from Tyler Seguin. 
you trust your management and I trust my management and support them. I don't think anything more needs to be said. I don't need the details. I trust their decision and we are moving on. So that tells me that they kind of have a sense on what's going on as well. It's possible. And it's also possible that they don't and they're just like, well, like, we why, just kind of trust that they made not, the right like, decision. Why not back up ownership, you know? And it's also because, well, first off, yes, why not back up ownership? They're the one signing your checks. Mm-hmm. It's also yeah. Jim Montgomery's not in the building anymore and they still are. But realistically speaking, it's, this guy was a good coach. They wouldn't just fire him for nothing. He was 60, 43, and 10 and while he was in Dallas. Right, that's in really 110 yeah, games. That's, that's not bad. That's really that's that's good. That's not bad at that's all. That's good. And he had, him, he had a, an overtime goal away from the Western Conference mm-hmm. Final last year. So he was a good coach. The, the human being aspect of it, we're not sure yet. We don't know what happened, but we'll, we'll see because there's a lot to get to with Jim Montgomery and whether it comes out or not. Uh, we'll have to see. This is a guy who's been in the game for a long time. Uh, he was a national champion in college. He played in the NHL. Uh, he's, he's been around the game for a long time, so it's interesting to hear how, yeah, sure, it's his first coaching job, but this is a lifelong NHL and, and high-level hockey guy. So we'll see kind of what the the reverbs of this are. At least DeBoer and Hines are hockey-related. And Babcock was too. And, yeah, well, yeah, and then first, afterwards, first, yeah. yeah. All this unprofessional conduct around players, racism, that just all annoying. needs to stop. It obviously needs to stop, and it's just annoying. It's like, this should not be an issue in the NHL. I don't want to talk about it. I don't like. I, I, I don't want. To. I feel like the NHL is the, is the major sport that has the least controversial issues. Like you that. would. Uh, well, I think it's also just because they're less in the limelight. So like stuff yeah. like this doesn't get on the front page of a newspaper mm-hmm. or the lead story of Sports Center. If this happened in the NFL, you wouldn't stop hearing about it for six weeks. I think that's a little bit of it. But it's just, it's not fun to talk about. It's not fun to think about. And it makes the game look bad. It really does. And it's a shame that all of this has happened, especially with a guy like um, Babcock, who was so highly regarded Mm -hmm. in the game, the highest played coach in the NHL, won a Stanley Cup with Detroit, went to a Stanley Cup with Anaheim, coach of the biggest market, the biggest team in, in the NHL, and all that stuff comes out. I feel I feel like they hold themselves to a higher standard they than should. all the other professional sports as well. So hearing this, especially with some of the elite coaches that it's been happening to, yeah. it's just sad to hear, man. Definitely, definitely. All right, so that is going to do it for us. Have a great break, Mike and everybody. Uh, we will be, barring any uh, breaking news, we will be back in January. Uh, so until then, for Mike Messina, uh, I'm Chris Hennessy.